Hey, hey, fam. We are back with another episode of the Take One podcast. We decided to start off this year a little differently and start off with a rebroadcast of our spiritual discipline series that we did back in 2021. Um, Don't worry, we're going to be back in February with brand new content, but we thought this would be a great time at the start of the year to remind ourselves to take intentional time with God. We know that this is a time when people have New Year resolutions, uh, intentions, goals, the gym is extra crowded. Um, But in the midst of that, we want to make sure we are prioritizing time with God. And so this is the first episode with Allison Bratcher. You know her as your uh, Sunday school teacher. At the time of this recording, she had just finished a two-year program at Moody Bible Institute on spiritual formation and spiritual direction. And of course, now in 2023, she is a practicing spiritual director. But anyway, she'll talk more about that. With no further ado, here is part one of our spiritual discipline series. Enjoy. Like, oh, that sounds (laughs) wonderful to just rest in God's presence. (laughs) Let me, how do I do that? Like real quick. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) More take one, baby. Hey, y'all, we are back with the Take One podcast, and I am so, so happy that we have a special guest here, Allison Bradshaw, and we also have, of course, our pastor, Richard Reeves, and we're going to jump into just what are spiritual disciplines, uh, what what do we mean when we say that? Uh, So yeah, let's start with that question, Allison. Can you tell us what are spiritual disciplines, uh, what does that all encompass? Yeah, thanks for having me here. Yeah. When I think about spiritual disciplines, I think about the practices and rhythms that were part of the life of Jesus. Mm. And for us, it's a broad way of saying all the rhythms and habits that connect us to that life of Christ in us Mm -hmm. and connect us to um, the kingdom of God and the will of God. And so it can be anything from studying the Bible to silence and solitude to community or communion or fasting. All of that would fall under the broad category of spiritual disciplines. Mm. Awesome, awesome. And I'm sorry, this is take one, so I'm going to go back a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how spiritual disciplines kind of play out in your life? Yeah, I am. I grew up here in Memphis, and I'm back here. I'm married. I have four kids. Um, and about almost seven years ago, when we started going to downtown church, there was a class on the spiritual disciplines handbook. And it was the first time that I was exposed to so many ways of connecting with God and with the life of God in me. I have grown up in a tradition that is um, really great at teaching and learning as the way to God. Mm -hmm. And so I've enjoyed learning about the Bible. I value that. But when we went through some of the practices in this handbook, I was so excited to find out there's all these ways of connecting with God through other parts of me besides just my left brain of learning things. Mm -hmm. 
that I could connect with God in my imagination, in my feelings, in my memories, in Mm. my body. Um, And so spiritual disciplines um, sort of became like this toolbox. And I had just been kind of using the same couple tools my whole Mm. life, which are good Mm. tools. But if you're trying to like build a house, if I'm trying to build my being to be a being that holds the spirit of God, Mm. then sometimes I'm going to need a hammer. Sometimes I'm going to need to dig something out with a shovel. Sometimes I'm going to need bricks or to uproot things. Um, And so this handbook and how I've sort of like progressed with learning some of these practices has been a toolkit that allows me to use a bunch of different things to connect with God in different ways and in different parts of myself. Yeah, man, I love that analogy of a toolkit. Yeah, so Richard, how have spiritual disciplines uh, played a role in your life, and when did you kind of get into them? And yeah, yeah. Well, I, um, as we're gonna see and hear, I am not uh, as deeply into them as Hallison is, and that's why I'm look so forward to learn from her. But to me. Um, and I totally agree. I think as Presbyterians, uh, let's just use the P word, uh, and reform. I know, I know we might have to bleep that out. Um, we are so good at rational, um, you know, intellectual approaches to, to God. And we think that if we've had that encounter, if we've thought a new thought that somehow we know God, we, you know, we're experiencing God deeper and better or, you know, and that's really it so much of the time. Um, and so, you know, if you ask anybody in our day, uh, you know, how much, tell me about your prayer life. Oh man, you know, I, I barely pray. You know, you ask Christians this question and busyness and mm-hmm. living life frantically is always, it, if you drill down, it always gets to that. And so, um, you know, I love this quote from Rich Vallados uh, and his, deeply formed life book he says as long as we remain enslaved to a culture of speed superficiality and distraction we will not be the people god longs for us to be mm-hmm. and again it's one thing to receive that intellectually uh, and say oh wow that's great insight but it's another thing to say there's I, my soul is sick and god is what i need mm-hmm. and god's what i'm missing and i'm really using life to um, deflect um, God and what he has for me and, and who he is for me. And so, you know, as I think about um, the practices, that's it. It's communing with God. You know, it's one thing to look at my marriage intellectually. It's a whole other thing to experience it <laughs> in all of its full-armed reality. And that's what God wants for us and has for us. And yet so few of us experience that on a normal basis. And I think that really, to get to be honest with you, is the root of so many of our um, uh, sins and illnesses and, and um, you know, um, realities of life. Because we all have trauma in our lives and we respond to life um, by really trying to forget and uh, as when you come to God, you've got to be fully present and deal with, with everything, the demons um, and all of it. Uh, but you find that he's enough when you do that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Allison, what would you say to someone who, like, 
Richard, you talked about the busyness of life. Mm. Uh, so somebody that's like, I've tried to do like one practice and I just can't get my brain to mm -hmm. be silent or, you know, I don't have time or like, what would you say to people that may be resistant to doing some, some spiritual practices? Mm. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. And I think what stood out to me in the quote that you read is that word distraction, mm. um, distracted. And we, there's so much in scripture about paying attention, being alert, listen, open these things that require our attention and what social media and tech companies have figured out is like if you have someone's attention you have them mm. where your attention wow. goes you attach thoughts to that and you attach feelings to those thoughts and you attach actions to those feelings and so having someone's attention is like having the inner part of them. Mm. And so when scripture's calling us to pay attention, I think what God is inviting us to is to give our attention back to him. Mm. And when we come to spiritual practices like silence, um, prayer, stillness, some of these things, I think we want it to just be a switch that we flip like, oh, that sounds wow. wonderful to yeah. just rest in God's presence. Yeah. Let me, how do I do that? Like real quick. Um, yeah. <laughs> just take me straight there. I want to yep. sit down and be with God. That sounds great. How do I do that? But what I've thought a lot about is this idea of bringing our attention back. Mm. And the story of the prodigal son came to my mind. Mm. It's almost like our attention is out in the pig pen. Yeah. Ooh, come on, wow. come on and preach. And we want to just <laughs> be with the Father in yeah. this celebratory, you know, peaceful way. But we're we're out in the pig mm -hmm. pen. And when I say that, I don't even mean um, you're thinking horrible thoughts that are mm. clearly wrong. I'm talking right. about your attention is somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, what that passage says is come home to yourself. I mean, he came to himself wow. and then he went to the father. And so if we think of our attention as this current that's sort of out there on other things, we need practices that bring us back mm -hmm. before we can really experience that rest and stillness. And so we learn to pay attention to what we're paying attention to. Mm -hmm. So we learn to observe ourselves and um, watch our thoughts and observe our feelings and wonder about them and be curious about them mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of shoving them, yeah. which um, can be hard if you've grown up in a tradition where you feel a lot of guilt and shame. Um, you can feel like, oh, I wasn't supposed to be thinking about that. I'm just going to push it down. Yeah instead of this way of, okay, my attention keeps going to jealousy. I'm mm. jealous of this person yeah. mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of, oh, I'm not supposed to be jealous. I'll try real hard not to be. It's like, <laughs> what be with that? Mm -hmm. Like that's where your attention is going. If you want to bring it back to God, you have to sit with it a minute and let God show you why is it going there? Mm -hmm. So I think we need practices that bring back our attention and it is practice. 
That's why they're called practices because they are not just um, easy. They're simple, but they're not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so first we need to train our attention. We need to watch where it's going. I think the Enneagram is really helpful for this. If you want to know where your thoughts are going, um, pretty consistently, my thoughts as a two are going to be replaying a conversation I had with someone. Mm to see if I should have said something differently or how did they receive that. Um, If you're a three, it might be, what is the next thing I have got to get done? I'm Mm -hmm. just constantly thinking about what I need to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're a five, it might be learning. What's the next podcast? What's the next book? What's the next thing I need to learn? Mm -hmm. So being self-aware and then um, compassionate with yourself, not hard on yourself when you come to that awareness. But just, I need to be with that. God, why is that where my attention is going? Help me to bring it back to you. Yeah. So it's sort of this in-between before we can just mm-hmm. be with God in this yeah. peaceful, restful, blissful way. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so great because you're saying, like, he came back to himself, right? Like, oh, he man. came to himself. And then and just, like, I do think sometimes in Christian circles we can just be taught, like, oh, that's a wrong desire. That's mm-hmm. a wrong whatever. Like, shove it down, shove it down, shove it down. And so it's like we can try to shove it down either with the world, like with whatever in the world we want to place, you know, right. and not even, like you said, not even bad things. It could be like, okay, I'm going to be more worried about working out and diet, or I'm going to be more worried about this, you know, and I'm right. going to try to like numb or not think about those things. But also it can just be like, okay, I'm just going to pray away that desire, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just going to try to, you know, and it's just like, no, like it, sitting with those desires, it does take work. It is difficult, but like when you can bring those desires to God, it's just such a great, and I don't know, would you mind talking a little bit about the practice? So I've uh, worked with Allison just a little bit. She had this wonderful group over the summer and I was able to be a part of it. The practice where we looked at our desires, can you talk a little bit about that Mm -hmm. practice? Yeah, I think we often think our desires are all bad and certainly we do know that some of them are going to lead us astray. But there are God-implanted desires that we have, and there are longings that we have because we're longing for something good and real. Mm -hmm. And God plants longing in us to draw us to that good and real reality of himself. And so we can't just throw desires out. We have to pay attention to them and give them space. And even the ones that start out as, oh, I know that's not a desire I'm supposed to have can actually be true underneath. Mm. Um, And so sitting with them is really the key. And in order to be able to sit with them, you have to be kind to yourself and almost Mm. look at yourself with the eyes of God, those loving eyes that saw every day of your life, that know why you have the feelings and desires or um, thoughts that you have. And as a desire comes up, just noticing what have I been longing for? You can observe your thoughts. What have I been thinking about a lot lately? Um, and then ask the Holy Spirit for help. Hmm. As that comes up, what do you want me to notice, God, about hmm. that desire? What yeah. am I really longing for? Um, and it's it, 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 at its root, it's usually a God-implanted thing. Yeah, yeah that's wow. good. Yeah. Richard, I saw you like writing some things down. What are your thoughts? On oh, that? yeah, man. I'm in school. I'm in school. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Um, 
What are you yeah, doing I mean, over there? <laughs> I just have so many, so many thoughts, but I think about just, um, you know, I think especially as men, especially Enneagram threes, um, you know, it's, which I am, um, we deal with life by doing, we deal with life by what's again, what's the next thing, what can I achieve? And, but what we miss is the deep desiring and the feeling and being really in tune with our emotions and so forth. And I've been doing a lot of work in counseling on this specifically going back in my life looking at different traumas and and trauma doesn't have to be you know some horrific you know it's just you know neglect or whatever it could be but doing that not to bemoan it or you know be mad at people in my life but do it to engage those emotions that I might move forward and um and so it's interesting how you know, you should not do, as Christians, we should not be doing that without God. I mean, God is the, yeah, I mean, seriously, and that as a Christian, it's helped me so much just to realize my heavenly father was with me in that. Mm -hmm. And, and there, there is purpose to it. And he wants me to process that in his presence. And it, it brings healing. Um, and so, yeah, so the slowing down, which the Enneagram three needs to hear 15 times a day, <laughs> Uh, but again, and I'm, I'm full of quotes today, y'all, but uh, one more quote, quote uh, that's it. But N.T. Wright <laughs> said, it's only when we slow down our lives that we can catch up to God. And I really begin to see that is how busy I am, not just externally, but internally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So to slow my life down and connect with God in the emotions and desires of my life, why am I feeling insecure? Why? Do I feel like I need to please that person so bad? Why does this failure devastate me and paralyze me? To do that in the presence of God mm-hmm. is healing because yes. mm-hmm. his voice is always there. You know, I'm with you. I lo- love the quote you said, his loving eyes. Wow. Um, that's what we need. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that is sort of the the next piece that we have as followers of Christ and as people who have a spirit that is with us is as we engage with our memories and the emotions and the things that come up for us, um, then we do that with God and we do that in the presence of God. And we learn to trust that God can speak to us from within ourselves, um, that we can have a thought come to us like, I've always been with you. You just have an overwhelming sense of that. Right. And when you open to God in that way, it's really different and it changes us in a way that if you just hear, God is always with you. Don't forget God is, it's different than if you're sitting with God's spirit and you've opened your being and the spirit of God impresses upon you. I've always been with you. Yeah. Yeah. It is completely different. Can I tell one story? Yeah, yeah. I was sitting with this practice of um, inviting uncomfortable feelings, <laughs> and uh, irritation kept coming up. Um, and I knew what it was about. Someone, I had done something for someone, and they hadn't recognized it and appreciated it. Mm. And it, I was just so Worst irritated. Thing for a tube. Oh, I was <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to sit here in silence. Yeah. Welcome irritation. I know I'm irritated. God, can you help me with this? Mm. And I would sit with it. And I mean, for a couple days, nothing really came of it. 
I would be like, okay, I'm still irritated. I have to go do other things. I'm going to get up. I'm going to come back tomorrow. I would come back the next day. I'm still irritated. Um, God, what do you want me to notice? And I was sitting with it on, uh, after a few days of sitting with it, I thought, well, I guess I just need to remember that I did this for you, Jesus, even if they're not grateful, like I did this for you. And I felt in my spirit, I felt the Lord saying, no, I did this for you. Mm. And I was like, what, what could the spirit of God mean by that? And then I was like, this part of me that needs to be appreciated, God is trying to free me from. Wow. And so my, that part of me has to be like starved. Like I need to not get appreciation and attention in order for that part to die. And so when Jesus said, no, I did this for you. He's saying, I didn't allow them to appreciate you because you need to be free of that. Mm. And it allowed me to let go of that irritation with that person. Cause I was like, well, if Jesus allowed this to happen, I can't be mad at her. <laughs> Amen. Um, Amen. Yeah, that's good. And that, and that didn't cost you $120. Uh, you can't be let the spirit be your counselor. And uh, yeah, that's amazing. It's good stuff. I'm all for counseling, though. There's, it's helpful to have another human being. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I am, yes, too. Sure. We've... I, believe, I believe in both, man. Yeah. Both. Amen. Uh, yeah. Amen. And then, like, the things that come out in counseling, you can bring to God. Like, yes. I just discovered yes. this. Like, exactly. you know, it's like it, it works together for sure. Amen. Yeah, so you you mentioned that you did that practice a couple of days Mm -hmm. and you said like nothing was coming Mm -hmm. from it. So I I wanna, for any of our listeners that like, okay, I'm I'm trying to do these practices, Mm -hmm. I'm silent. How do I know it's working? Yeah, And I'm saying air quotes with working. (laughs) Um, And like, what's the true goal of these practices? Right. I think that probably gets to like the whole working idea. Right, right. I think the goal is God. And that sounds um, obvious, but God's spirit and my spirit being together, mm-hmm. operating together in the world for my good and for the good of others. Yeah. That is the hope. I mean, that is what I, what my heart is longing for. And I think the way that for me, I have found, okay, this is, this is having effect is that I'm different. I mean, hopefully we're changing. Hopefully mm-hmm. we're not the same people we were six months ago or two years ago, that we're becoming different people. And the way that I've found that I noticed that I'm becoming different is my desire is deepening for God. Mm-hmm. I want more and more and more. And as that desire grows, that encourages me as a measure of this is having effect. So it may not be that the outcome is, oh, now I'm so gifted and people are impressed or what it, it might just be that my desire for Christ is strengthening. Mm-hmm. And I also think the other measure is love. Are mm-hmm. we becoming more loving mm-hmm. as Amen. people? Um, yeah. The measure of anything we're doing, any of these practices, whether they're inner practices or we're doing, we're learning, we're studying. If we're not more loving in the world, <laughs> they're not they're not working. Yeah. You know, we need practices that really um, open us and surrender us to God, so that His love can flow through us. All the things, all the fruits of the Spirit, are not things we go try to do. 
They are fruit from the spirit. So we're seeking the spirit, mm-hmm. not the fruit. Like then, mm-hmm. then that kind of flows as we open our spirit to God's spirit. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I love that. Yeah, you are not going after the fruit. We're going after the spirit. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And it's produced in us. It's what the spirit produces in us. I love that. All right. So we already knew we would probably have to do a part two to this one. Uh, but we did want to go into a practice. But before we do that, do you guys have any closing thoughts for this session? And then uh, we can finish some of our questions for next week. Yeah, the only thing I'll say is, is I think about this and really move toward it in my life you know to think that this is rare and even controversial that some people would think well this is weird this is what monks did <laughs> you know it's really a lie of the devil but i but to think that you know that this is rare so the question i have as a pastor especially is then what is this thing we're calling Christianity today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if most people are not deeply connected with God, which is the essence of Christianity, mm-hmm. then what in the world, no wonder it's as unattractive, racist, unloving, critical, um, nationalistic, I mean, just all the words, you know, no wonder. Mm-hmm. And so connecting with God in a deep way, allowing him to deeply change us is is uh, that's what we need more than anything mm-hmm. so um, so I love that we're doing this podcast I love that we're doing two weeks so. yeah how about you Allison do you have any closing thoughts before we go into the practice I do think that God is inviting us to bring our full self to him mm. um, that these practices as we grow and learn them and just experience the joy of them, that we find out that God is after our whole being. Yes. 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 And that as we surrender those parts of ourselves, our story, our memories, our bodies, our um, emotions, as we offer those things to him, it is just this beautiful transformation that occurs. And I think he is just inviting us home, especially in an age where Mm. everything is after our attention, Mm. that he invites us to give our attention back to him. Um, And it really frees us in so many ways from the worries of this life. Then our attention is on a greater reality, Mm -hmm. um, which is present to us now. It's not even as much that we're waiting for it, it's, it's here and God's presence and the reality of him with us and in us is where, when our attention is there, we are at peace. We find the peace that we, that we long for. So, mm. yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you all so much for being on the podcast. And again, we're going to do a part two. Um, But Allison is so gracious. She's going to lead us through a practice. And so we invite you to do that with us now. Okay. So, a couple things about this practice before we start is it's called a prayer of recollection, which means that you recollect yourself. So we are fragmented and distracted, as we talked about, and we need to bring back those pieces of our attention. Um, so this is a prayer that just helps us to do that. So if you would just get comfortable in your seat in a way that allows you to sit upright and just align 
your posture. Just begin to notice your breathing. Bring your attention to your breath. Scripture tells us that the Spirit of God has made you and the breath of the Almighty gives you life. So as you pay attention to your breath, you're bringing your awareness to God's Spirit giving you life. So let's take a few deep breaths together. Just breathe in. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. And breathe in. Let your breath just return to normal. Just take a moment to look back over your day so far. Think about when you woke up this morning. What was on your mind? And as we observe ourselves, our thoughts, and our feelings, just Look for times when you felt something strongly, like a strong emotion, or a thought that kept recurring. So think back through your day as you got going for the day. Who did you interact with? Where was your attention during those interactions? your morning, were there any strong feelings that lingered as you went about your day? kept popping up. And see if you can name something that was strong in this part of your day. Name it in your mind. The Spirit of God was with you has been with you this whole day and just offer this thing that you notice to God's Spirit Jesus what would you have me to notice about that feeling that came up or that thought that came up what do you want me to see mm -hmm. 
God, is there anything you want to say to me about that? I'm listening. a word or a phrase that you can take with you from this prayer maybe something you felt God's spirit impressing upon you or just a desire that you have maybe to be with that a little longer at another time or a desire just to explore that thought or that feeling further with God just be with that desire be with that impression that the spirit gave we thank you that you long to bring us home to yourself because you know that in your arms there is joy there is celebration there's peace and rest and life and God you know how quick we are to leave that place you know how vulnerable our attention is so would you help us strengthen our desire for you. Jesus, thank you for knowing what it's like to be human. And thank you for being our friend. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Allison. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah.